Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for late night Reds talk. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday, and welcome to this week's edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live, part of the Believe Podcast Network, sponsored by our good friends at Bet Online. There may be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on than this playoff season. From scored totals, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land, Bet Online's number one spot for all NFL betting in 2022. Call to action will be this year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe B L E A V to get started. And it's not just football, bet online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odd coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is your number one wagering destination. It's time to talk about the pirates. Whatever. But I'm Tim Daniel. I'm excited to continue our National League Central preview here. Um, we're going to go and bring in the crew, starting with our excellent producer, my good friend, Mr. Nick Kirby. How are you, buddy? Oh, what is going on? There's just nothing in the world that I think Cincinnati sports fans want to hear than some Reds and Pirates talk on this right? Monday night. Let's yeah. go. Just want to talk some fights, man. That's all we want to talk about, you know? So that's what we're going with. Also, as always with us, our great former big league pitcher who gives us some wonderful baseball insight mr carlos guevara what's up boys how y'all doing tonight fantastic man you and nick did a great job last week with the cardinals preview so i just want to say that was that was awesome i really enjoyed listening to it sorry i missed it yeah it was fun we had a good show yeah absolutely without me of course And joining us today are frequent guests of the show. Uh, you can check them out on Just Baseball. Here to give us some insight into the future of the Pittsburgh Pirates that'll probably last two years again, and then they'll be ter- terrible one more time. <laughs> you can check them out on Twitter. Mr. Clay Snowden, how are you, buddy? Hey, guys. Um, it's going to be weird hearing me talk positively about the Pirates, but um, there's definitely some things to like. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to talk about them, and thanks for having me on again. Happy to have you, buddy. And thanks for thanks, Clay, for coming on last minute. Clay was yeah. a last minute addition for uh, uh, cancel guests. We were able to get him on here, and uh, thanks for saving the night, Clay Snowden. You know, when someone says, "Is there any opportunity for you to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight during a lockout in January?" You drop everything and you, jump. you join the show. You jump. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We did get some cool baseball news today, though. We did find out that Shohei Otani will be on the cover of MLB The Show that doesn't come out till April 5th, a week after the season's supposed to start. So, And with that being said, we'll talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are irrelevant to society and stink really loud. Um, the Pittsburgh Pirates' last division title is 1992. Let's keep it that way. Uh, when Barry Bonds couldn't throw home to take the Braves out of the National League Championship Series. Since then, they had 20 straight losing seasons where you saw some amazing, amazing baseball played from greats like Paul Wilson and Jason Kendall. I'm, legends. I'm, legends. I'm on a roll today, guys. I'm on a roll. <laughs> 20, 
20 years. It's pretty brutal. Uh, fun fact, I was actually at the uh, the game when they clinched their 20th straight losing season in Pittsburgh. Xavier Paul, hit, uh, I think he went into the river to uh, come back in the ninth and and clinch it. It was, uh, it was a beautiful day. The night after Homer Bailey's no-hitter. Yes. Didn't it feel like Xavier Paul? Two, night, two nights. Two nights. Two after nights. Two nights. Yeah, because it was a Friday night. That's right. Yeah. yeah it was Sunday that they did that, yeah. Didn't it feel like Xavier Paul always was somebody who had a little bit more in the tank? Like there, there, there's some untapped potential there. Like each year I just remember thinking like, Oh, he can be more like, I thought the same with Lance Nix as well. I guess that was just kind of near that, that era and the fourth outfielder for the Reds. The best thing about Xavier Paul, besides the fact he was a pretty decent fourth outfielder, his walk-up song for like for batting was Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. All was great in, in 2012. I mean, he was really he had, he had a 128 way to runs created plus. Like he was a legit. He was just one of those like like that Lance Nick season in 2010. You have to have those guys that just kind of have these you know magical seasons on your bench that you know help kind of push you over the top. The 21 Naquin season. Naquin's been a good player before. Let's stop that. Get out of here. <laughs> I, knew I, could, I knew I could throw it out there and reel you in, buddy. Wow, already jumping on all the the Bengals. Uh, let's trash the Reds negativity, Carlos. You're not even from Cincinnati. Get out of here. <laughs> all right. So in 2013, they do end the drought. Uh, they go to the playoffs where literally one time the MLB highlight was Andrew McCutcheon catches a can of corn. I remember that being on the MLB TV highlights. That was a real thing. That was it a pretty like good thing. Saying, Lord, take me away right now. Get me on another team. That was actually a pretty decent team. And I know I, I talked about this before the show, but there's actually this book, Big Data Baseball, that talks about the Pirates building towards this season. And it's a great read, a short read, as you can imagine. Um, but that yeah, I like that team. Read. Big Russell Martin fan. <laughs> How dare you? They later beat an injured Johnny Cueto. Congratulations. Tim, I didn't, I didn't even put any pictures in there from that. You didn't. I, I was trying to save you. Yeah, I'm just talking more. I think I Andrew know. McCutcheon, though, might be the only pirate that I've liked in, since Barry Bonds. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. going to love him as a 2022 Cincinnati Red. Yeah, man. We've been saying it all year. So, yeah, they do go to the postseason, the postseason three straight years and get as far as the Reds did um, in, the, in the 2010s. They did kind of advance, so I guess you got to give them like a half of a credit. Hmm. Yeah. And then they get back to being the Pirates and have six straight seasons without the playoffs and three straight years in last place, including, look at that, that's another 100-loss season. 34 games back of the division leader. How about that? Tim, it's a good thing we didn't have this Pirates guest on tonight. He would have left <laughs> after like three slides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, this- and a little insight on the guest, his name's Ryan Miller, and he writes for Just Baseball, a humongous Pirates fan. And he's not like bullish on the Pirates, but he is definitely like a Pirates fan that's like, you know, believing in the Pirates. Also, he's uh, definitely not coming back on. Nope. <laughs> I, I I think he may miss this podcast. I don't know if he's going to have it queued up to listen to later or anything, but um, I doubt his interest in coming on is the same as it was previously. Just, just, just me and Ryan. Just me and Ryan. We'll just do a one-on-one thing. Just have the, uh, the, the believe... Ted Lasso on loop in the background. 
Ryan was a little a little busy today. He was getting into it with Keith Law, and what one of his tweets kind of got circled around the internet quite a bit. So Ryan had a good day today. Nick is going to suspend me after we get done with this show with all the hatred I have of the pirates coming out of my 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 body right now. Um, this here kind of just shows quite a few different moves they made. Obviously, when they broke up the team, uh, Garrett Cole being moved, Andrew McCutcheon, Jacob Stallings, Chris Archer, um, who they ended up going back to Tampa, which is kind of amazing. One one thing that needs to be noted about this graphic, and those of you who cannot see it, if you're listening on Spotify, I want to touch on the Chris Archer trade. Tyler Glass now went to Tampa, who's obviously been incredible. Um, Austin Meadows is a very good player, and that player to be named actually, um, if I remember right, is Shane Baz, who's a yeah. Depending on what you look at, top ten, top twenty prospect who flashed um, in uh, in limited starts last year, and is going to be absolutely incredible for the Rays as most most um, pitching prospects are. So huge L on that trade. Did he start? Oh. Did he start a playoff game for them? I believe so. Yeah. I mean that's that's the kind awesome. of that's the kind of trade that terrifies you like as as a GM like that's why you don't want to trade your prospects because you don't want to be the dude that made that trade like that just completely flatlines your entire franchise. GM still there? I have no idea. I can't remember. Like I'm looking at all these, I remember these trades and I'm like, who do they all do they get for all these guys? Like I can't remember who they got in the McCutcheon trade, which you know that's fine. He was kind of obviously on the, on the downward spiral of his career at that point, but. And then we got here, it's just kind of a shot of the payroll and the comparisons between the Reds and the Pirates as Nick does a great job sharing with us. So, wow, the Pirates have not had a payroll over 24 in the last, in the century. Is that right? 24th MLB rank. Yeah, over rank, rank. They haven't been ranked Uh, higher than 24th. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they, you know, there are several players in the league who make more money on average annual value than the entire, um, payroll in 2022 of just over 34 million dollars so um definitely a competitive imbalance there um we're not going to get into the salary cap stuff or salary floor but when you look at that and you think okay um the mets are almost a 300 million dollar team after this offseason and the pirates are at 34 million it they're, they're not playing the same game no they're not neil huntington was there for the uh the trade so yeah still got a job after that so how about that that's Whew. brutal you're living that's... good man if you're still alive after that yeah i guess maybe they're like hey you're gonna you're gonna stay and deal with this we're not letting someone else have to have to be the fault who's guy. projected for less and payroll yeah i think the orioles um indians maybe now granted i mean 28th now doesn't really mean a whole lot because there's you know still teams that have money to spend. Uh, I mean they were 30th in in 2020 and 2021. So I don't anticipate the Pirates are going to go on a big sp- spending spree before. So they may end up 30th. I mean they've they've been at the absolute bottom. I mean you know Reds fans can 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 be as mad as they want, but I mean Pittsburgh's literally almost an identical city to Cincinnati, and you see what they're spending. So yeah, those two. Um... Bottom graphics that are saying Cincinnati ranks as the 36th largest TV market in the United States. Pittsburgh ranks 26th. Yeah. And the Reds rank as the 27th most valuable franchise. Pirates rank as the 22nd, according to Forbes. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the 
the Pirates too. I mean, Cleveland, you know, Cle- I mean, these are like nearly identical cities population wise to Cincinnati and, you know, the Reds are far out spinning. That's why I don't get too upset. I mean, I get why others do, you know, you want the Reds to, to do the best, but just, I don't, I have a hard time getting upset when the Reds are doing better than the other similar markets. Doesn't mean like they're excused for what they do, but I'm also not going to like, you know, wake up every day and be mad about it. But. Yeah. Let's, also keep in mind again the whole salary cap thing um the pittsburgh steelers have had zero issues being successful in the past decade plus and the pittsburgh penguins have not had any issues being successful as well it's not like the city of pittsburgh has some crippling curse that nobody wants to go there for or anything like that um the pirates just have not been spending the money and they've made a lot of trades that are really really looking bad now yeah and and they just they don't supplement when they do have a good team i mean you you look their their best run i mean they never got up that high in payroll you know they weren't the reds you know when they've had good teams they've at least somewhat supported them the pirates haven't done that at all i don't know if the steelers really would be like a good comparison just because of how much more money is in the nfl but the penguins i think clay that's a great example of a team that you know, what's what's different between the Penguins and the Pirates? You know, they they should be able to, to be competitive for, for both. I assume the, I, I don't know, I assume the Penguins seat a lot less than PNC Park, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like I said, I think it goes back to salary cap, salary floor. When you have both of those in place, expectations in a city are totally different. You can still be a tanking team in the NHL and be at that 60 million or whatever salary floor, but... When you have a homegrown talent, you typically try to find a way to keep it in the salary cap league um, more so than in the in the MLB. I mean, Sidney Crosby is I'm not, not to get into hockey, but like <laughs> just go on. Actually, no, I'm not even going to get into all that. Not to get me. into hockey, but to get into hockey <laughs> <laughs> works for me. So here we show uh, that MLB pipeline has the Pirates as number four uh, overall farm system, which. Uh, Clay, the reason he's here is he's to tell us that uh, you can look forward to this. Obviously, this past season, they had the number one overall pick and Henry Davis out of Louisville, who a lot of people are really high on. Actually got to see him play once and was pretty impressed in the one time I saw him play. So looks like he has the abilities to be a very good player. Obviously, nothing's predicted. Um, so, But some things to look forward to there, guys like him. Uh, O'Neal Cruz, who, uh, Clay, you've, you talked about kind of having some decent interest in as a uh, – much taller shortstop so you could see him potentially moving positions is what you're saying. Yeah. And um, not to spend as much time and as much detail as we do on Reds prospects. I just wanted to list off a couple of names that I personally think are MLB caliber kind of legit prospects that they have. And it's, it's actually one of those things we all love to make fun of the pirates, but and I mm-hmm. know that we can say they'll trade them away, whatnot, but they have one of the better farm farm systems um, it's a little bit strange. It's like a lot of middle infielders. Um, Henry Davis is a catcher, as you mentioned. Um, Quinn um, Presseteer is the pitcher, and he's number two on pipeline, I believe. Um, just a wicked good curveball. A lot of movement there. O'Neill Cruz, right now, six foot seven, plays shortstop. Maybe a move to first or corner outfield. Um, that dude. I was at the game when the Reds played the Pirates at the end of the year, and he hit a ball. Um, I, I know Nick has a graphic of it, but he just rocketed this ball 
a 118.2 miles per hour. And I remember watching it live and just saying, like, holy crap. And I've been following him um, for a while now just because he's a freak athlete. But that dude is legit. And if he can find a way to kind of put it all together, I mean, he's going to be scary. When you're hitting 118 and you still have a ton of room to fill out in your body, um, he's going to be a legit MLB player. Um, Nick Gonzalez is a guy who I really like. Second slash shortstop. Good bat to ball skills. Um, I think he's 22 years old, so he could be up soon. I mean, if you go down that whole list, um, Salameto has one of the craziest looking windups and deliveries. Um, he's just going to be one of those guys the Reds are going to hate to face, especially as a fan, because it's awkward. It's weird. Um, it's just going to be hard to pick up. Mark Hanna is the guy who they got um, from San Diego. And I'm I'm not very high on him. They got him in the Adam Frazier trade. But again, another middle infielder. Um, Pigueros, a guy who has a ton of speed. A ton of speed. Again, another middle infielder. Bubba Chandler is probably one of the most fun athletes you'll see. Originally committed to Clemson to play football. And he's a legit two-way player. Um, so that that's going to be someone who's fun to, to watch. Um Travis Swaggerty is a name that Reds fans may see this year. He's an outfielder, was a Rule 5 guy that they protected on the 40-man roster. A lot of speed. Not a great bat to ball. Uh, one of those guys who I, I like him. Like I like his game, and he's just kind of one of those fourth outfielders that provides enough that like fans fall in, in love with for whatever reason. He's kind of like that mold. So, I mean, there's a few more that we can go on, but I, I, I'm I'm sure that we've covered. I've painted the picture. This farm system is good, and it's better, in my opinion, than what it's been in the past few years. Now, they've had some really good talents come up, but they've kind of hit on a couple of big trades. Um, Jameson Talion going to the Yankees. They got um, Yuhari back, who's a starting pitcher, Miguel Yuhari. I think he's like number 20, let's see, 25 on there top prospects but if you watch him and he's pitching the mlb level he has a crazy movement on his on his pitches and um, they've got some interesting prospects back in trades um zach thompson's a guy who the reds will be seeing this year he played with miami last year um and he came back in the stalling straight kind of a guy who can start go to go to the bullpen he's six foot seven as well so not only are they fielding a pretty unique fun young baseball team but in a pickup basketball game they probably have the edge on the reds i don't know uh, amir, garrett. amir garrett yeah the reds have amir garrett sorry carlos bubba chandler though football hey, player two-way so I mean, that, sure that graphic i know that a lot of people um are probably just going to listen and not watch but on that o'neill homer why were there so many people in the stands that was actually a single um and hey, either way, at, why are there so many people? In so I was at that game, and I'll say exactly what I said on the podcast when I came after this. the The Pittsburgh fans were so much better than the Reds fans would have been in that exact situation. Um, they were loud, rowdy as hell, yelling and screaming. This is the second to last game of the year, and they were going nuts. And I thought the entire time how impressed I was by it because, and I'm not trying to trash on the Reds fans, but you know, we. We as Reds fans, no one would have been there. We would have been down. It would have been, oh, we didn't make the playoffs, whatnot. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I do want to give props to Pirates fans. They were awesome. And I had a, I got a free Pirates giveaway that was a um, picnic blanket. So I, I gave that to somebody else. But 
That's fun day at the ballpark there. there in Pittsburgh. There was twenty two thousand there for that game. They were rowdy though. Clay does O'Neill Cruz just kind of like his stance and all that. Does he remind you at all of Ellie De La Cruz, or am I making that up? No, um, not for me at all. Actually, <laughs> sorry, Nick. No, he does not remind me of uh, of him. Um, but I guess you could say, okay, lanky and high high exit velocity. But um, De La Cruz is a switch hitter, a better runner, um, a little bit more athletic. I mean, if you watch De La Cruz run. There, if you go on YouTube and just type it in, like almost everything's a triple or an extra base hit when it shouldn't be because his strides are absurd and he just flies around the bases. Um, but to to touch more on O'Neill Cruz, I mean, if you look at those WRC pluses, one sixty four thousand nine plate appearances at the MLB level, but three seventy, which is hilarious, twenty nine plate appearances, two hundred seventy three plate appearances, one thirty six. This guy just has. I mean, he just hits baseballs in a different way. If you remember when Jay Bruce was first coming up and you when he would hit a baseball sometimes, it just sounded different. I'm sure Carlos saw stuff like this all the time in BP when certain players hit a baseball and it comes off their bat. You can just tell like, okay, that sounds like a big league ball that, that he just barreled there. You know, that sounds different. That's what o- O'Neill Cruz has. My biggest concern is just where do you play him? And he could stick it short. But I just think the you know the number of six foot seven shortstops is I don't even know if there's ever been one or what you know. Well, if he's up at the big leagues now playing shortstop, then there there's no worry for him to play anywhere. He can play anywhere on the field if he's playing shortstop right now. Well, I think the, the Pirates have plenty of spots to play, guys. Yeah, and the Pirates have a ton of of second base slash shortstop um, guys right now, so. I'm sure they want him to stick at shortstop, but it would not be any type of an issue if he uh, moves to right, left field, first base, you know, yeah. wherever. I, I think Third, he could first. Be, I mean, put him anywhere other than probably center or catcher. And hell, yeah. he might be able to. He might be able to play center. Clay, that uh, that one seventeen zips weighted runs created plus projection for twenty twenty two. That is eye popping for a rookie. If people don't know, zips is typically. Very conservative with rookies in their projections. That is a heck of a projection. I mean, do you really think like he could do that that well in in his rookie year? I mean, that's like Jonathan India rookie of the year stuff. Yeah, he could. Um, he definitely has the ability to, and in my opinion, he's going to have the at bats too, which also becomes a lot of an issue with projecting rookies. Um, right now, if let's just say he sticks at shortstop. Kevin Newman's the shortstop right now for them. Kevin Newman's a good glove guy, um, had been okay in the past. He's just a pretty mediocre slash below average shortstop. Um, He's likely going to get traded or he could easily be traded um, to a team that needs a shortstop or or second baseman, and that would open up plenty of at-bats for O'Neill Cruz. Um, Of course, there's a DH spot coming likely as well that's always an option um if you don't want to play him every day at shortstop but yeah i mean i i truly think that he has the ability to would i think that he would end up with a 117 in his rookie year um no just because it's unlikely that any you know any rookie actually does that it's just not a, a high probability 
All right. So uh, who are you taking the next six years? O'Neill Cruz or Jose Barrero? O'Neill um, Cruz. Um, and I think that's not the... I just think what we've seen from O'Neill Cruz through the minors, when when you can hit exit velocities like that, it's not even a bash on Jose Barrera. We're, we're talking about two top 30 prospects. I mean, you can just flip a coin, really. Um, I just think O'Neill Cruz's... Now, they both have some swing and miss potential issues. Um, I, I just think O'Neill Cruz, I mean, he's rated higher as a prospect most everywhere as well it's not like i'm well, in the real world that means poo poo but right i mean his minor league numbers they're not better than barreros yeah right? I, it's not like I, i'm not this isn't a anti jose barrero i well, think i'm one of it the, sure sounds like it I, <laughs> I think i'm one of the people that backed jose Clay hates barrero thing they hey who knows maybe neither one of them play shortstop i mean Shit, I mean, they put Barrero in center field, right? And and Carlos wants Kyle Farmer to be their shortstop oh, for the next six years. So here. I don't understand why we're hey, don't try to bring me down with you, buddy. You're you're doing <laughs> this to yourself. You're sinking with the Titanic right now. <laughs> oh shoot! Before we move on, real quick, guys, I got to go ahead and put out an ad from our sponsors here at Masterworks. What I'm about to tell you might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is, invest- is an investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art forms like Picasso, Mornay, and Warhol. And even great, an art outpriced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 in 2021. In fact, early investors have received over 30% IRR 2020 and 2021 for the sale of their two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. See important disclosures at masterworks.slash disclaimer. So... Clay, before we move on to the next topic of discussion, I do want to ask you, because you talked about a few things. So currently on the Major League roster is a guy a lot of people are excited about, and Cabrian Hayes. It's kind of an interesting thing. He's a guy a lot of people are like pumped about, I can tell from like the collector standpoint. Uh, his tops 2021 was a card everyone was sending to get graded. Everyone was very high on. It was the must-have card uh, for rookies uh, at the start of the year, before Jonathan India came up, of course. Uh, but... We're talking about a guy who's literally played 120 major league games. He's got less than 500 career plate appearances. Um, so we don't have a whole lot on him. Um, the 283-40-432 slash line, it looks nice. Um, but last year had a 316 on base percentage, um, had you know 87 strikeouts and 396 plate appearances. What can you kind of tell people about? Because, you know, he's a young player. So, like, he's certainly going to get better with time. Um, looks like as Nick has it here, he's projected to be the leadoff hitter uh, for the Pirates of the future. But what should people look for in the future of Cabrian Hayes? Do you think he's going to live up to that hype that has kind of s- surpassed him through his minor league tenure? Yeah, he also hit a home run and got thrown out because he didn't touch first base. I remember uh, that. There was a lot going on with him last year. So his rookie year, he came out hot, and he looked like he was going to be a thorn in the side of Reds fans for years to come. Um, last year, he got off to a really good start. I think first two games of the year, he had two home runs or uh, you know some extra base hits. I mean, he was 
really good and then got injured and was out for quite a while. When he came back, he just wasn't quite the same. Um, it was a wrist injury. Um, those are always, I, I think it was a wrist. Don't quote me on that actually, but I'm pretty sure it was a wrist injury. Those are always tough to come back from and, and kind of, you know, regain your footing and timing and power. But what we know about Cabrian Hayes is he's an elite defensive third baseman. He has plus speed. He can steal some bases. So right then you have a, at least a semi useful player that you can even, you know, at the very, very, very minimum, he's plus in two areas. Um, He's shown at times and experience, especially in the minors and when he was doing his rehab assignments. I mean, this guy was getting five hit games every single game. I mean, he was looking pretty good um, before he came back to the, to, to the MLB level. But yeah, I, I think he is going to be a above average to plus or all star at points of his career going forward. Um, he just has so much going for him. He's such an athlete. He's only 25 years old. Um, Pirates fans have every right to be excited about um, K- K- Brian Hayes right now. And um, you you pair him with a nice guy like um, Brian Reynolds, who was like a legit MVP caliber player last year. And people just don't know his name unless you're, you know, follow baseball at an above average level. Um, if you just ask anyone who watches SportsCenter, they probably don't know who he is. But he is like so legit that he's one of the hottest names on any trade market. And if you saw the return he would get, you'd be blown away. Yeah, Reynolds is a legit superstar. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. I'm almost, you know, man, he's 27 years old. I wonder how how fast the Pirates could turn this thing around. I mean, it almost feels like. Let's be real here. So, okay. So, why, why are you holding on to him? I mean, I, I don't Maybe no one's offered them anywhere close to his value. I don't know. He's, he's, you, if you're I the Pirates, you have to, at some point, have something to look forward to. You cannot continue to trade every single good player that comes up. Brian Reynolds is so talented that you can't, you, you don't just dump him for a, a decent return. He is a legit player. So you keep him. He's 27. He's hitting his prime. Um, the way that he plays, I don't see. I mean, I, I see him aging well. Um, you could probably have another six years plus out of him. And right now, if you're the Pirates owner, general manager, fan, I mean, you need something to look forward to. And the amount of talent that they have coming up, I think they keep him. Unless it just, you know, all these prospects start to show that, you know, they're not as good as they're projected to be things go south again maybe you consider it but you have a switch hitting center fielder who can bat up and down the lineup i mean he's he's gonna bat third but he could bat lead off he gets on base at a high clip has power i mean i i just don't see why you, you would look to move that at this point um see what your young players are coming up if cruz starts to to, to look like he's legit cabrian hayes has a nice bounce back um, you you know, they could be a lot better than people give them credit for in a couple of years. I don't think people understand like how good like a Nick Gonzalez is. And when he gets inserted into this lineup, he's going to really help. I mean, they have Davis on the way at catcher. I mean, it's not crazy to think in two years, this team could start looking good, like legit good. Kind of like how people were, were thinking of the Reds. They're not contenders, but you know, they, they can contend for a, playoff spot but they're not you know world series contenders 
I mean, what what do the the pirate fans have to hold on to? Like, why are they going to think that all of a sudden now? Okay, since we got the right. young guy, now we're not going to trade any of them like we have the last eighty seven years. Yeah, like, and, and like, maybe they do trade them. I'm just saying, as a business standpoint, you need to sell hope, right? To an extent, I mean, oh, if you just so, traded, haven't in the last thirty years, right? Yeah, and they're still making they, money. They've kept. I mean, they kept McCutcheon around for a while. I mean, they didn't trade him right away or anything. They traded him when he was near, you know, thirty. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they they, they do trade. Don't be wrong, but they did make the playoffs three straight years and held on to Marte and Polanco. And I mean, it's not like it's. My thing is, if I'm the owner, I have to say. Okay, with as much prospect talent as we have, and they're all going to be on rookie deals, I have to sell fans on this idea. We cannot just have nothing to look forward to. Well, it sounds um, very familiar to uh, mm-hmm. Cincinnati fans right now. Carlos, this is a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. We're not talking about any Cincinnati teams. I don't know what you're, I don't even know what you're referring to. The Pirates. <laughs> So just a quick other few notes on the roster. Ben Gamble's a good fourth outfielder type. Um, bounced around the league a lot. Had a really good year last year. Not exactly starting caliber. Anthony Alford was a college football player who's just like somehow still around. Roberto Perez passed his prime catcher. Michael Chavez never really reached potential from the Red Sox. Um, y- Yoshi Tasugo was brought over from Japan and was awful, awful with the Rays um, and bounced around a little bit, tried to catch on a few different spots and went to Pittsburgh and was good last year, actually. First base slash corner outfield, third baseman. He was brought back for the simple reason, uh, if he starts hitting, they're just going to trade him. And I like that. If you're in this position in terms of roster construction and he found a spot, and he was playing well in Pittsburgh, bring him back and trade him at the deadline. I mean, they they could easily slide another prospect up in his spot. Um, but one name that's not on this list, I don't think, is Rodolfo Castro. Um, I don't know if you all remember him from last year. He played a little bit, and he batted like 198 and wasn't very impressive. But 22-year-old switch hitter with crazy power. Um second baseman, third baseman. I like his game. He has a little bit of a ways to go, but when that guy makes contact, I mean, it, it goes really far and you can see that's kind of, you know, there's a few people in this lineup and projected lineup going forward that we get it. We get it. They're going to win the world series next year and the following year. I am being optimistic. And if the pirates are good in two years, I'm just saying, it, or two or three years, I don't think it would be that surprising. There's no reason to shit on the Pirates right oh, now. Oh, no, there is. I'm, I'm happy to, <laughs> many of times. I, I don't see the positive to shitting on the Pirates. Well, who else are we going to pick on? Yeah. I mean, they got, you have to realize, they were a We should be thankful team. for the Pirates, man. Yeah, they were a pretty good team for a few years there. Then they made a couple horrific trades that set them back. I mean, imagine if... Green, Lodolo, um, De La Cruz, like all these players get gutted from your system. It's going to take five, six years to kind of reamp it. So um, I don't think that they're nearly uh, – I mean, they're right now not a good team. Don't don't 
get me wrong, but I just think that they're closer. Um, we didn't really touch on their pitchers. J.D. Brubaker's not very good. Um, you know, he was kind of a person that everyone thought would be good last year and didn't really reach that. Mitch Keller, this I, I cannot believe I'm about to say this. Mitch Keller, his off-season workout videos are insane right now. And uh, he's looking strong, man. And if if he can get a couple of ticks up on that fastball, he may be able to reach the potential. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just painting the picture here. Uh, I'm about to lose my fan, sh- If a Pirates <laughs> fan were to hear this podcast, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I mean, that you know, that's good to hear. I mean, David Bednard, he's a legit he, – he's going to be a legit closer, something the Reds don't have. Clay, they're going to issue up promo videos this year, man. <laughs> I'm just pointing out the you problem. You want me to talk Pittsburgh about Pirates. the negatives, I can. I love it. I love it, Clay. I'm all about it. I, Clay, I do have a question about the roster, but I do want to get to a comment we got. Uh, appreciate Reds and Wildcats uh, watching. Uh, the Pirates had the stones to do what the Reds should have done last year, start a rebuild. Kind of curious your guys' thoughts on that. Carlos, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Um, there is some truth to that. I mean, they went all in on it. You know, the Reds try to do it, I think, sort of, kind of, not really. Um, I mean, that that's a good take. Um, whatever. I mean, I, I, under, I understand what's being said. And, you know, I mean, I get it. I, I wish the Reds would have gone more all in. But and the Reds were like, what, two weeks away from being in the playoffs? Like... I mean, I'm not going to – it's hard to be like, oh, they should have rebuilt, you know. I mean – Yeah, I'm glad they didn't or else – If, if mean, Jesse Winker doesn't get hurt and the Cardinals don't have that crazy run, I mean, you know, probably look at the season maybe completely different. So – Joey Vaughn doesn't miss a month. Yeah. yeah I mean, Joey's probably not on the team if they decide to rebuild. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a lot and, of money that's there. And, I mean, I'm glad they didn't. Um but, but what did this Pirates rebuild start, like 1993? So I, I, I appreciate this question, and I, I talked to that particular um, user on Twitter quite a bit. And my thing is rebuilding, and I'll quote one of the J, J, just baseball writers here, rebuilding is not a sport. And rebuilding is fine when it's kind of – I think people confuse rebuilding and getting out from a player a year early. And those are two different things. The Reds are not in a position to rebuild right now. Why would you? You have a legit catcher. You have some legit people younger. I mean, not old. They're not what, you know, a bunch of 34 year old Wade Miley's at pitcher. I mean, you have some players who could pitch for a couple more years. At least you have Jonathan India busting onto the scene. Well, I don't think the rebuild, the Reds are talking about a rebuild like here within the last two years. I think maybe like three to five years ago more than, than it is now, right? The question just said last year. Should have started last year. Oh, is that what it said? Sorry. I, 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 I don't a rebuild understand. Last year would, a rebuild last year would have been like trading Luis Castillo with three years left of control. Yeah, and to me, it's just, it's not that. No, the Reds were way too good. Sorry, Clay, but the, the the Reds were way too good. Yeah, yeah, to, exactly. to have a rebuild like the Reds. If I mean not last year, but the year before, like when you know when they had Bauer and those other everyone else, 
that year they could have been easily could have been the Braves in a full length season. If they were healthy and everybody knows how that offense can hit, like they could have been the Braves and got hot and won it. And then just losing Bauer pretty much. I mean, they were, they were pretty competitive. You know, they got three top of the line starters. It's all it takes in the playoffs. So and, I don't think the rebuild here now is, is anything and it's a possibility. You know, it doesn't make any sense, like you said, Clay. And for me, it's, you know, if you're – and I'm not trying to say anything negative about the person who asked the question. He he actually has a lot of really good takes and, and information about the Reds on Twitter. But if you think that team's a rebuild team, then what's not a rebuild team? Um, do you have to have the Dodgers roster? Because I hate to break it to you, the Reds will never – Right, have that at, at this point in time. How baseball stands, um, what what I say in sports, and this is probably a little too much, but um, you just have to be have. I I think, and I know this isn't the, not the case with the Reds, but I'm just talking in general. My mindset is at least for a period of time, a championship window, meaning you can make it to the playoffs and have it. You know, maybe you're out the first round, but you know, like. You know, your championship window usually lasts three, four years. You should have one of those every 20 years as a sports team. If I'm a fan, that's how I try to try to look at it. Because when you have that, you have to make aggressive roster decisions that's going to set you back after that window closes. Every 20 years, if you have at least one, I'm not saying you have to win a championship. I'm just saying championship caliber. You're in the playoffs a couple years in a row. You know, you're kind of fighting for it, you know. Um, as a fan, that's my expectations. I think fans take it too often year by year and think, um, you know, we need to win this year. Why aren't we adding for this year? Why is it? And it's it's so hard. It's a business. There's a ton of money. There's contracts. Um, it just doesn't work that way. Um, and the Reds right now have a roster that now they if they tear it down, you know, this is a, a different story. But they have a roster right now that we saw is close to a playoff team they could add now if they brought you know it depends on kind of how these young players come up but if if you do want to trade a, a, a you know a pitcher you can still bring back a legit piece to help this team this year and the reds would have been in the playoffs if the probable new format happens after the new cba yeah. i mean i know people hate that format and that's fine i don't really love it either but I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, sorry, we don't want to go in the playoffs. Yeah, we, you know? we don't like, really feel like playing the playoffs this year. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll try when you guys get back to six seeds. They were what yeah. the six, six best record in the NL last year. I mean, yeah. So it's just it's. I think the Braves show you, if you can get to the playoffs, get there. You never know what can happen. You know, I know, I know, everyone's like, oh, well, everyone said that about the 2020 Reds, and I mean, look, it didn't work out. It was two games, but. Look at what happened to the Braves. They got hot. Eddie Rosario carried that team. Eddie Rosario. Yeah, right. A guy that, like, had like a, he was a terrible player in Cleveland. Like, they couldn't they, – they begged the Braves to take him. You know? He would be such a good Pittsburgh Pirate, man. They could use him. <laughs> he would be a great Pittsburgh Pirate. Can we just, like, remember – Kyle yeah, Farmer could have been Eddie Rosario. To he further could, Nick's he could point. have. You never know who could in, in the playoffs. Any of these guys could. Yeah, to further Nick's point, in 2010 when the Giants won the World Series, Edgar Renteria was the World Series MVP. Let's, like, not forget that. Ross, I think, was the NLCS MVP. And the yeah. guys were done <laughs> after that year. I mean, get to the playoffs. Anything in baseball can happen, you know. 
that's uh, not to go into football and I of all people don't want to go into football but like like the Bengals what made it so incredible is like the NFL is a league where usually it's the better teams almost always win which is why I think yeah. what makes the Bengals more impressive baseball I mean, it's wide open it, it is wide open when you get to the playoffs especially if you have decent pitching yeah and I I don't want to go down I'll, I promise I'll make this quick but we cannot compare what the sure, Bengals are doing, what the Reds should be doing. That is totally different. NFL is a QB dominant league. You have a player touch the ball 70 times a game can drastically change the game. One player making constant decisions on the field. There is nothing like that. It's a salary cap league. Players enter the league near their prime. Um, it's just a totally different game and a lot, a lot more X's and O's, right? baseball is so incredibly different if you had the joe burrow um okay joe burrow the mlb is what like a mookie bets or whatever jonathan india jonathan india and joe burrow aren't that much different in terms of and and india was a fifth overall pick yeah Yeah, i'm just saying but like india doesn't doesn't change an entire franchise like joe burrow does a quarterback is so heavy in in NFL success, you cannot compare that to baseball. No matter how good your best player is, I mean, if you look at a list of the top twenty best players in the MLB, how many of them are Braves? Freddie Freeman. Well, you look, and, I mean, just look at Mike Trout. He's he was the best player yeah. that we've ever seen. And what did he do for the team? So Have I don't seen like the playoffs comparing football construction people are asking me oh is this putting pressure on the reds no i hate that so much Why? it's so stupid it's so stupid what people ask the Bengals had two wins two years ago they turned yeah. around this fast because it's, it's, four wins it's last a year. different sport every every single thing contracts aren't guaranteed you might mike misakis wouldn't be here right now if we had nfl contracts it's so incredibly different and the fact that people are trying to compare them, I get it's fun to do. And if that if you're just kind of doing it for fun, but if you're doing it to criticize the Reds, then there's a yeah, huge like gap Bob, in your Bob understanding. Bob he's watching and he's like, oh, good for them. But I bought a baseball team. <laughs> he's not <Yeah>. watching. <laughs> he's like, cool. Yeah. He's this focused whole, on like, the Olympics coming up. He seems like a big Olympics whole, like, guy. <laughs> the Bengals are putting pressure on the Reds thing. It's like, look, I, I live here. I love both teams with all my heart. Like I'm very passionate about everything. I am loving every second of this run. It's the best thing to happen in my sports lifetime. But like this whole comparison thing is utter and podcasts and tweets. And like all these people are taking chances to like be like, well, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl and the Reds are realigned their payroll. Like it's it looks dumb. Like stop it. Just enjoy the moment for what it is. And in March, if the Reds are five games under 500, I, at, you know, in the middle of April, we'll worry then. And we'll talk about yeah. it then. But like for right now, just enjoy the moment without somebody. Like it doesn't have to be that way. Why are people not putting pressure on the Cincinnati Cyclones to be a bit? FC know. Cincinnati has had five head coaches. Five. <laughs> Tim brought the fire, man. We got to give you a week off uh, a little more, man. You just come back. Oh, my God. We're talking about the thing where, like, you guys so badly wanted the professional soccer team. You built a stadium. We're going MLS. You guys have been the laughing stock of MLS, but no one's like, well, we got to put pressure on them because the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. You know, the and as a to- I have zero emotional attachment to the Bengals. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, which I will not comment on at this point in time. Um, Damn, you're just hitting all the homers today, Clay. You're on fire, buddy. What is happening? Okay, I didn't want to cry tonight, but 
Uh, okay. The good thing about the Bengals being in the playoffs is we no longer have this stupid, sorry, oh, Cincinnati never good, you know, all this stuff. You had Cincinnati yep. football getting the college football playoffs. You have the Bengals. We as fans need to adjust from always being sad and sorry and look, you know, always down and everything. It's just such a tired narrative that everyone seems to want to play because everyone else does on Twitter. Um, it's it's time to just realign our thoughts here, right? Yeah. Just when enjoy you, the moment. Enjoy the moment. Yeah. That's all we got to do. And when you play that narrative over and over again, you miss out on the moment, you know? Yeah. Like, exactly. It, 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 I just I don't get it. If if you're gonna wake up and just being upset, being frustrated is one thing. If you're waking up every day and like your first thing is how can I dunk on the Reds? Like, why are you still here? Like, yeah, spend your time doing something else, anything else. I don't yeah. get it. Do you guys realize that we've got to watch Joey Votto play professional baseball for 15 years? And, 15 that, and years. this is a good point, Tim. And I'll say this, and I I will re- relate it to the Bills. I was watching the Bills. I've been a Bills fan my entire life. When I was watching that game. I love Josh Allen. They lost in a way that is completely heartbreaking. When you yes. score twice like that, and I mean, my heart, I, I was big sad. But there were times during that game where I got to experience a level of joy that I rarely get to experience as a fan in sports. And more people need to realize, you know, all well, because the end game isn't a championship. One team wins the championship. One team, that doesn't mean everything else is a failure. There's plenty of times where you should be excited. Like, I, I mean, you, when when the Reds beat the San Diego Padres in San Diego that this year, like we, we all know that game, right? We all can can see how excited we were. And, yeah. um, you know, pe- people need to realize there's more than just winning the championship. You got to find joy along the way or else you're just going to be a miserable fan. Sorry, Carlos. Yeah. I root for the Chicago Bulls. I had one time in my life where it was a lot of fun. Everything else has been terrible. DeMar DeRozan, all-star. It's pretty fun. Our our last two guests keep bringing up the Padres' failures last year. I don't like the disrespect. (laughs) Where do we start there? Carlos, uh, I'll save you. The Reds didn't win in San Diego, Clay. They lost all of them. They won won, won up here. But they did have have that game that I feel like is a very good tell – sign if you are a positive fan or a negative fan because yep. the rest of that game where india homered uh was- and stevenson tied it and it was mm-hmm. an incredible incredible moment but then they ended up losing the game yeah and, that, that, and if, if you're a positive fan you're gonna look at that and be like wow that was just such a fun game that, that was, was awesome. the game i was talking about i didn't even remember that they lost yeah. honestly but well, exactly it's it was a, it was a moment one of the, my favorite moments of the year and yeah. you know like you have to appreciate that kind of stuff that happens all right, we we got to get. I got one more pirates topic because we this was supposed to cover the pirates, and then we promised we promised the people. Oh yes, uh, a Carlos special. So uh, Clay, real quick, oh, I, I'm looking at out. this. I'm looking at this roster, and I feel like the pirates' offense is close. I mean, you know, maybe a year or two away. I feel like their offense is close, but I feel like their pitching is so so far away. Is that is that off? I mean, I feel like they're going to have to add some players from free agency. Like, you know, they they added Liriano before, and that was kind of like their jump start. Yeah, I don't I feel mean, like their pitching's anywhere close. Brew Brewbaker was kind of a person that everyone thought would do well, kind of advanced stats, high spin rate guy, was pretty much garbage last year. Quintana was added. That's another guy I think that they could easily just flip at the deadline if he does well, just eat some innings until these, these younger guys are ready. 
Um, like I said, Zach Thompson's decent, um, kind of a late bloomer, not exactly exciting. Dylan Peters does nothing for me. Bryce Wilson came over from Atlanta, and he has not turned out to be nearly the prospect that people thought he was, but he's still just 24, and he's kind of got dealt a shitty hand, honestly. Um, it wouldn't be surprising to me if he ended up being a, you know, a, a mediocre pitcher now all of their rotation is i mean Contreras is their sixth overall prospect and that dude is filthy he pitched last year in a game or two at the end of the year um we, we've talked about a couple others as well um they have some legit legit talent um in the ro- in the rotation coming up and that's just not me hyping it that's top 100 guys you know across any list besides Keith Laws um, if they want to this year, I think they they should go out and get another arm. Um, I don't have a name off the top of my head, but just think like a Michael Pineda, um, guy who's pretty good, can eat some innings, will be attractive to some some type of contender or team with an injury. That bullpen, pretty disastrous. Um, David Bednard's good, and I don't know if you all know who that is or not. But he is a legit closer. I mean, I think he had like a 2-3 or 2-2 ERA last year. Um, he's going to step into that that closer's role. They got him in the Musgrave trade. Or, excuse me, um, Musgrove trade. Uh, I, he, he was injured at points. He's really good. Other than that, I mean, these are a bunch of like waiver wire guys like there's just not a ton there. And I don't know who Nick Mears is or, or you know, a couple. So someone's yelling at me. Will Crow, um, outside chance he could be okay. I mean, no, they need a lot, a lot of pitching. Um, but hey, if they, you know, take take it one step at a time and get ready for next year, right, right, Carlos? It does bum me out that Jose Quintana is pitching for them because he was always my like oh, crap, I need a starter in fantasy baseball this week, and he would always give me like a seven-inning, three-run, six-strikeout game. So those days are gone. I can't root for him ever again. Yeah, he was one of those guys um, in the flurry of kind of signings before the lockout that if you looked at their ERA, you're saying, why are you know Andrew Heaney and Jose Quintana getting signed and a few others like them? They all fit the mold of their outside you know, advanced numbers being much better, which I'm sure Carlos loves, and – um, so the, those are flyer guys, cheaper, going to eat some innings on a young team, perfectly fine to have, um, each rebuilding team needs that. Yeah. Agreed. Let's talk real quick, uh, kind of give an update on the lockout. So it looks like we did have another labor meeting and well, um, we're still in the same predicament we're in. It looks like with a little bit closer, um, Jeff Hassan talked about the MLB agreed to accept parameters of a pre-arbitration bonus poll, um, but there's still no deal signed. So it seems like we're getting closer, but um, this is kind of still annoying and it feels like a really annoying pissing contest. This is almost Daryl Morey and Ben Simmons annoying almost <laughs> for those who understand my joke. Yeah. Um, I will let you all talk about this. To be completely honest with you, I do not follow the lockout hardly at all because to me, like I'll just wait until it's 
not locked out and I'll read the new agreement. I don't need to follow every like detail of it. Um, I'll catch a thing here or there, but I mean, I, I don't really even know what's, what's going on to be honest with you. I'll just, everyone will tell me when it's over. Perfect. Me too. So you can get back to watching the pirates, right? Yeah. I'm deep in there. I, I did watch some pirates YouTube today. I'm not going to lie. Shocker. There's and other things I like more than the pirates. That's the scary part. Me too. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. We got to close the show with this fantastic segment. That if you've seen mine, Carlos, and Nick's group text for the last week, we have all th- given our thoughts on this. But the final ballot of the 2022 Baseball Writers Association of America elects David Ortiz with 77.9% of votes for the Hall of Fame. No one else gets in, including Barry Bonds at 66%, Roger Clemens at 652 and Scott Rowland at 63.2, former Red, which kind of feel like Scott Rowland's getting in next year. Won't guarantee it, but feel feel pretty good about it. But Carlos, you, like me, love Barry Bonds. I mean, what was there not to love about how good of a baseball player he was? He left the Pirates high and dry. He went and won MVPs. He broke home run records. He played in a really good – he actually had like an incredible World Series, the one that they lost to the Angels. Um, but we are coming short and falling on deaf ears with wanting guys like Barry Bonds. And I'm sure you as a pitcher probably admired Roger Clemens growing up at some points, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he was a, I mean, one of the guys why I wanted to pitch. I mean, a Texas boy and just everything about him was just – you know, it was almost like a, a Nolan Ryan reincarnated. And so, I mean, he was everybody's favorite pitcher. But the whole, I mean, Hall of Fame thing, it's just such a, I don't want to say it's a joke because there's some writers or most writers take it very seriously. And, you know, they give reasons behind their votes. And and those guys um, I ha- that I respect for, even, even if I might not agree with their with their voting or who they voted for or who they left off. Like at, at least they did something, but for somebody to just put like a ballot that was Kurt Schilling and that's it. How, how are you going to justify that? Why? why, why would he be the only one that you vote for when you didn't want to be voted for? Um, there's just, there's just so much hypocrisy in the entire thing. It's wild that, that, uh, you know, we have a lot of these voters that just can do whatever they want and they can, you know, have their be on their high horse for a little bit, get their 15 minutes of fame for submitting, you know, blank ballot after blank ballot just to make a point and act like, you know, they're like, like they can, you know, look down on a Barry Bonds or a Roger Clemens or somebody who was accused of PEDs when, you know, most of these guys didn't say anything the entire time that it was happening. There were a few writers out there that brought this up. Like, Hey, I mean, take a look at these guys, see what they're doing. But you know, baseball as a whole, we didn't care. I mean, my whole childhood was basically the steroid era and I freaking loved it. You know, the 94 all-star game was on and it was tremendous. And these guys looked amazing in their uniforms. I mean, who knows if it traces back all the way back to then. I'm, I'm not even sure of the timeline, but, you know, a lot of those guys on, on that all-star team were accused of it, but it's part of history, man. It, it is what it is. And you got to let them on to not have Barry Bonds in the, in the hall of fame. How are you going to explain that to your grandkids? You know, Roger Clemens. I mean, 
it's wild. It's, I mean, I'm not going to say the other guy that that might be able that should be in or shouldn't be in because uh, of certain gambling issues, but it's, it's just wild. Just just keep the, so many guys off of the list. Um, I heard someone talking about it. I, I forget who it was. It might have been Will uh, Middlebrooks in, in his in his podcast saying that you know if you have ten plus years in the big leagues. I feel like you should be able to get a vote. You have a pretty good, strong aspect. You're, you're usually pretty knowledgeable about the sport. You know the history. You know what it takes to be there. You know what players went through. Like th- those type of guys need votes, not these guys that don't cover the game. Um, they have a vote based on who they were, what they did, past work. It's there, there's a lot of fine tuning that needs to happen here, um, but I just don't think people care enough. Other than the week of or the week after there's, there's just, there's not enough into it. And it's still the best hall of fame out there. It's better than the NBA It's better than um, the NFL, but it's not going to stop me from having complaints about it. Yeah. I think for me, the thing that just frustrates me the most is how they keep these guys out. But like, come on. I mean, they were promoting Barry Bonds every night during the home run chase. Every night it was on sports center. They couldn't wait for people to read their articles. Yeah, like they so made the money off of it, and now yeah. they're keeping them out because why? So you can say their name one more time, so now maybe they can go and click on their articles. Get out of here with that shit. Yeah, like you I understand do a damn that, thing like, about it. I understand Boss Bonds wasn't the nicest person, and like wasn't the most welcoming athlete, but like I don't care. Like he was incredible, and I do hate the whole like well before steroids he was a Hall of Famer thing. Like I feel like that's just like falling on deaf ears even more but yeah i'm with you man i appreciate that you did that well i think with that being said unless carlos do you want to add any more no i'm good okay uh we're going to say thanks to everyone for tuning in to us during this lockout i know it's been tough on all of us to not have any baseball news um we're definitely excited about the anticipation of the season coming back uh, really appreciate Clay coming on. I know I gave you a lot of shit that you had to sit through with me talking about the Pirates. So I do apologize, but you did give us a lot of good insight. Um, please make sure if you have a moment to give us a nice solid five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And also don't forget Late Night Reds Talk Live is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, you can check them out at betonline.ag. Get 50% off your first bonus with the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Um, and that'll get you a nice solid bets as we're you know, now you can start to looking potentially at over-unders in baseball. Uh, we're getting to that point. So uh, we're excited. You know, we're trying to get everything going. We're getting ready for the season to go just as much as all of us. Uh, on behalf of Nick, Carlos, and Clay, I'm Tim Daniel. Thank you all. Enjoy the moment.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.